another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up, BFW's weekly show where we hit on all of the latest and greatest news of the week. Of course, the big theme around BFW lately has been Germany and how poor it has performed of late. This particular international set of games really set people off, in particular me, uh, <laughs> After the last post game show, I was I was pretty down about the team, uh, really frustrated, and I think most people are. Uh, if you look at some of the polls that newspapers are running in Germany, things do not look good for Hansi Flick. The team is under duress. It 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 is as bad as it has been at any time in recent memory. Uh, listen, the German national team has had some down periods. There is no doubt about it. Uh, basically everything from 2014 onward has not been great. It hasn't been this bad, but it has not been great. And there's no better time to take a look at this and think about where this is all going and, and, and what this all could look like in 2024. Uh, one of the, the great things about BFW is when we write something or we record something and the post goes up, we get so much feedback, so many comments. Some are nice, some are hateful, <laughs> but most of the time things are are really fun. It creates a lot of good dialogue. And I know I personally enjoy the banter and the back and forth. And most of all, I, I really do enjoy hearing the different perspectives that are out there. And one of the things that I firmly believe in just about every aspect of my life is that everybody has something to offer a different kind of take. And, you know, given that so many people are coming from different backgrounds, so many people have different ideologies about life and what they think about life and how they think life should be run. I get it. And I like hearing all that. And it does in a lot of ways, open my mind to some things maybe, maybe I don't think about when I look at a situation. So there's been a, there's been a, just a lot of good banter, between commenters and writers and staff members, everything. We are really enjoying that. But one particular thing that caught my mind, caught my eye, I should say, this week was uh, one of our comment commenters, uh, Rude Luga, I think. I, if I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. But really hit me with something that made me think. And it was, you know, what would I do at 2024 at the Euros? Like, what would my solution be for the lineup? And he didn't say it in a derisive way or anything like that. It was legitimate because we were all having some good conversation about where this is all going. And it made me take a step back because I did realize I'm doing a whole lot of bitching about the situation, but I'm not offering any solutions. I like to see myself as a solutions guy. I like to see that when there's an issue, I like to figure out ways to make it better. And admittedly, when you look at Germany right now, it's pretty hard to envision how things are going to get better. I always start with looking at the roster and I see a roster full of players that are probably a little bit overrated. Uh, I think as fans, a lot of times we look at these players and we think about what they can be rather than what they are. And it's very difficult to, to differentiate that because we see, or we at least want to see the great things that a player can do. We want to see how they can maximize their talents. And we all believe that many of these players have a much higher ceiling than they probably really do. 
And when it comes to Germany, I think there are just so many players on that roster that do have that type of ceiling, but are just so far away from realizing it or even getting close to it. So when you start to think about a subject like what does the starting 11 look like in 2024, it does present a couple of issues. Now, I took some time and I really thought through this. And I'm not saying that my 11 is going to be right. In fact, it probably won't be. But in looking at everything and looking at all the different positions, seeing what Flick has done, knowing who Flick likes, knowing who the DFB is really going to push to be a part of the starting 11, I had to, to write it all down and come up with something. So that's what I did. So I'm going to take a walk through that. And maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you won't. But when we look at this starting 11, this is, as of now, what I believe is going to happen for the Euros uh, in 2024. So let's get to it. When I look at goalkeeper right now, there's no one else other than Manuel Neuer, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, Kevin Trapp. They're both fine goalkeepers. Uh, Neuer, however, is just still on his own level. And maybe, you know, maybe that broken leg will, will have an adverse effect on him. We don't know yet. But as of now, Neuer is still the best that Germany has to offer. It's nothing against Trapp, nothing against Terstegen. They're both good. But I think when Neuer comes back, it will be his spot. And I do expect him to come back and be ready to go and be fully healthy and, and hopefully try and lead this charge for Germany. Center back is where something, it really does get interesting, right? Because... I think we all kind of believe that Antonio Rudiger is going to be one of those center backs. It'd be pretty tough to, to really get him out of that position at this point. I don't see how anyone is stepping up into the role. I know a lot of people like Malik Tial, but he's still young. I don't know that in a year he's going to be at the level he needs to be to take a starting role on a consistent basis in a big tournament. Armel Belakotchap is another one that people, they really like him. I don't know. I haven't seen enough from him, and I certainly don't believe in him to be a starting caliber center back at that at this point. So I'm going to go with someone who Flick does not have a great affinity for, and that's Nicholas Sula. And the reason I go this way, and it's it's mostly because Flick is out of options, right? He He doesn't have anyone as good as Sula. And despite the fact that he probably thinks Sula is an underachiever and should be doing so much more with the physical gifts that he has, Flick is in a tight spot. He can't do anything on principle. He can't take stances against players at this point. He has to ride his best 11. And right now, Nicholas Sula might even be better than Antonio Rudiger. And it tells you everything you need to know about the relationship between Flick and Sula that Flick refused to call Sula for this set of international games. I don't get it. I know there was some frustration during their time together at Bayern Munich. I know based on interviews, they had a lot of respect for each other, but I do think this comes down to Flick wanting to push the best out of Sula. Is Sula the kind of player that's going to respond to this? I don't know. I mean, we've seen him when he's been motivated in the past and he is, you know, he's a fantastic player. When he has his head on straight, we don't know if that Borussia Dortmund mentality might be seeping into him a little bit too much at this point, but Sula is a great player. He's absolutely in my mind, one of Germany's best two center backs. 
And I think that's the way Flick will go. So right up the middle right now, you're starting out with Neuer, Rudiger, and Sula, and that's not so bad. When it gets to outside back, however, this is where it gets really complicated because at this stage, I don't know if there are two starting caliber outside backs that that Germany could lean on at this point. So when I came up with this, it was difficult because there are a lot of names you could consider, but who really is going to be at that level? At left back, I believe Flick will settle in on Robin Guzzins. Guzzins had a great run there under Yogi Love uh, until he tore his ACL, of course, and then that kind of stifled Guzzins' international career. But other than him, there just is not a lot of talent that's that's around. Uh, I look at experience. I look at the ability to get up into the play offensively and then recover. I think Guzzins can do all of that. He might be a little bit more offensive-minded uh, than we all would like. If you want to look at David Raum as a, as a possibility, you could do that. But he has been mired in a slump now for the better part of a year does not appear as as though he is really finding his way out of that. And in the end, this might just be the player that he is. And if that's the case, it's not good enough. When we look at right back, you start to see some similar traits. And I want to get this out there right away. I don't think there's any way that Joshua Kimmich is going to play right back, even if Flick or the DFB ask him to. Now, if you were building the best 11 and you needed to, you know, move some players around to put them in spots that would help the team. I think you absolutely would put Kimmich as a starting right back because it would allow you to do so many other things and also up your quality because whoever I select or Hansi Flick selects as the right back will not be as good as Kimmich. Knowing that, I think it's going to be Lucas Klosterman. And here's why I say that. Uh, I do think Flick likes Klosterman. I think Klosterman has a lot of good physical traits. He's tall. He's fast. He can do a lot of things. He's he's a good defender, but I think that's the biggest key. I think he's not going to be a player that's going to get too far upfield and, and leave some imbalance in the defense. I think he will be able to play a more defensive, more stable role Think about the way that Benjamin Pavar played at Bayern Munich. I know that's tough for some of you, but overall Pavar was very successful. Uh, I think Klausterman can play in that kind of role and maybe even be a little bit more conservative than Pavar was just because Germany might need it. And I think he ultimately is the best candidate for that spot. But Flick, while showing that he does like Klausterman, also has just some weird I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. But when you, you're consistently bringing in Tilo Kerr and Benjamin Heinrichs into the national team, clearly we're not seeing the same things in terms of talent. So Flick and I definitely part ways like that. But I do think Guzzins will be at left back. I think Klausterman would be at right back. And that's my back line. Not optimal. Definitely not the best Germany has ever put out there. But I do think under the right supervision, they could be very, very effective. In fact, I would say that left back actually marry, uh, not marries, geez. This is what happens when you record late at night. You start talking all kinds of crazy nonsense. But I, I don't think that Guzzins 
is quite at that mentality where he knows how to rein it in. And that's where I think Flick might be a little bit more prone to find someone who might be a little bit better defensively. But either way, I think talent-wise, Guzzins is probably the best. Klausterman, while you could probably argue there could be other talented right backs who might be better suited to a starting 11 role than Klausterman, I think he just offers the best package that Flick will be looking for, and that is stability. When you shift to the midfield, you can start to get a gist on where I'm going based on what I said about right back. Absolutely, Joshua Kimmich will be one uh, of the two players in a double pivot. And I do think that Flick will go back to the 4-2-3-1. I think he has to now. I think he needed, if he really did want to go with the back three, he needed something positive to happen over the break. Nothing did. So he is now, I don't want to say being bullied into a 4-2-3-1, but I think he's under pressure to use one. The players don't seem to be happy in the current back three setup. And when the players are a little iffy and they're maybe lacking confidence in that, it creates issues and you don't want any issues in a short tournament like the Euros. So I think that you will see Kimmich at the central midfield spot in a 4-2-3-1. And I think he'll be joined by Ilkay Gundogan. And I know this is a risky one because Gundogan will be likely joining FC Barcelona. His playing time could be hindered greatly and that could have an adverse effect on his role with Germany. That said, I think Flick really likes Gundogan. And I, you know, we should all know this because Gundogan was contemplating retiring from the German national team, but Flick talked him back into staying with the team. And Gundogan has really embraced it. And I think he's been pretty good since Flick brought him back. Is he going to be that good in a year? I don't know. So I'm going to say it's Gunduan. I wouldn't be shocked if Goretzka turns things around and puts himself in a position to compete with Gunduan. Kimmich is a no doubt, no brainer. He is going to be there. No one's going to take his role. I think we all know that. So central midfield duo of Kimmich and Gunduan that will leave Goretzka on the outside looking in. I don't think at this stage there are really many other candidates to drop back in there. When we get to the attack, this is, in a crazy way, even more debatable than the back line because there really aren't any set positions right now and how this might work. You could look at the 10 and you could say, all right, well, Jamal Musiala obviously is going to be that guy. He is going to be the leader for Germany running point guard at the 10. He's going to distribute. He's going to score. He's going to make plays. And he might do that. I think what we've learned about Musiala over the past couple of years is that he is very talented, very skilled, very quick. He's dynamic in breaking people down 1v1. And he absolutely can be a player that can produce in that role at the 10. I don't have any doubt about that. However, he has had some issues with consistency. He has slumped in the second half of the Bundesliga season. There are some issues with his game. Do I think they'll still be there at this time next year? Probably not. I think he's a good enough player to realize what makes him so good, how to utilize his strengths, and, and also how to probably hide his weaknesses too. So once he starts to shake off this little funk that he's been in, I think he'll be in a great position to start at the number 10. 
Why that's interesting is because you could infer from what I'm saying that Thomas Muller would be on the bench. And yes, that is what I'm saying. Now, would I start Muller over Musiala? Yes, I actually would. I would have Muller play the 10 and I would use Musiala at the wing. But what we've learned about Musiala at the wing is that Nagelsmann was hesitant to do it. Tuchel has been hesitant to do it. And I can't see any way that Flick is going to do it. So as much as we all want to see that, as much as we all think it would work, we're stuck. I don't think any coach is going to do that. I think Musiala will be out at the 10. I think Muller will be on the bench. That will not make the Muller Mafia happy. But I think that's how it's going to be. And I think Flick will look to get Muller involved in games. I think he'll even look to put him in some different spots, maybe at wing, maybe at striker, depending on how this all goes. I don't think there are optimal spots for him, but Flick will use him in a variety of roles off the bench. Flick knows how important Thomas Muller is to Germany. He totally gets it. And I think it will kill Flick to have to leave Muller on the bench. But there's just too much in motion right now. There are too many different angles being put together by people that DFB and obviously, there's a big investment in Musiala. They did a lot of work to get Musiala to, to commit to becoming a Germany international. So they are going to ride him. And it will come at the expense of Thomas Muller. At Stryker, this is another interesting case. We know that Flick likes Timo Muller. We know that Nicholas Fulkrug has been one of the better options at Stryker. We know that Kai Havertz has worked well as a striker at times. I won't say consistently, but at times. And there are a bevy of other options that you could look at, including Usafa Mukoko, who, depending on his health status, is either good or not good. I don't think he's quite at the level to be a Euro starter yet. So when I look at the situation, I really do narrow it down to Werner, Fulkrug, and Havertz. <sighs> And it, it's kind of weird to say, because I know I'm the hashtag Timo time guy, but I am going to go with Werner. It has nothing to do with that. I'm going to go with Werner because one, like I said, Flick likes him. Flick wants to work with him. Flick thinks he can draw the best out of Timo. And to be honest, like Timo Werner was producing under Flick. Unfortunately, Werner got hurt. He missed the World Cup. He missed this last international session. So whatever kind of experience he had built up under Flick, he's going to probably need to, to really reinvigorate that because he's going to be thrust into an important role. He's going to be counted on the score and he cannot go through one of these phases where he loses his confidence. And in my mind, when, when Timo Werner is a confident player, he still is very disruptive. But when he goes through those stretches where he loses faith in his finishing, or his ability to beat someone 1v1, that's where he runs into trouble because it becomes like a virus and it does spread throughout his game. That said, I mean, anybody could argue who the best option is, is out of full Krug, Werner, and Havertz. I just think Flick is going to at least start with Werner if he's healthy, but also know that he can go to full Krug, he can slide Havertz in as well, and he will have some options. So, Yep, I'll go with Musiala and Werner as your 10 and your 9. But when we look at the wings, this is where it gets interesting. If we assume that Hansi Flick is going to make it to the Euros next summer, we have to start to look at 
what position he'll be in and who he would want to fill out his starting 11. Now, if I'm Flick, I'm going with the best. I want to get my best 11 out there and it would include Bosial as a wing. I don't think Flick's doing that, as I stated earlier. What I do think Flick is going to do is look at Serge Gnabry and say, of all the players that I've coached, he is one that has produced for me. He has stepped up big on a big stage for me. I know I can rely on him, and I think that will be enough to help Flick determine that Gnabry will be one of the wings. And then you look at the situation and you say, all right, well, Leroy Sané looks like an absolute shoe in then, right? Wrong. <laughs> I think Flick and Sané have a little bit of heat. Now, I'm not going to say it's really bad blood or anything, but there has definitely been some disagreements uh, in the past between the two. We know that. We've seen how Flick handled Sané, and he was hard on Sané and wanted to get the best out of him. And ultimately, I think Flick, while he was at Bayern Munich, did help Sané become better because he had him playing defense, a better defense than he had ever played at Man City, or Schalke for that matter. But Flick had a positive influence on him. And I think that while he holds nothing against Sané, I don't know that he trusts him enough to be consistent during a tournament format to be someone he's going to lean on. So who's going to play the wing role? I think this is one area where Flick's going to go off the grid. And I think he is going to use Kai Havertz as a wing. And that sounds weird. And I believe me, I was really struggling with how to fill out that last wing position when I believe that Flick will not call upon Sané. Now, he might have to. He might have to say, like, Sané, is, he is a, a guy that I know can be good, but I need to see him do it more consistently. Maybe that happens. Maybe Flick has that idea. I just think he's going to want to get Havertz in. I think Flick knows it would probably be his last hurrah. And if so, he's going to want to have some input or some imprint on that starting 11. And I do think that's where he'll get it with Kai Havertz. So to recap, I think we'll see Manuel Neuer in goal. I think we'll see Antonio Rudiger and Nicholas Sula at center back. Robin Guzins at left back, Lucas Klausterman at right back, Yeshua Kimmich and Ilkay Gundogan as the central midfielders, Jamal Musiala at the 10, Timo Werner at the 9, and Serge Gnabry and Kai Havertz as your, as your wings. That's what I got. That's the best I could do, and I really did put a lot of thought into that. And even looking at a situation like Havertz and Sané, personally, if I'm Flick, I probably opt for Sané because one, Havertz is pretty versatile. He can move around several different roles. You might be better off easing him into the game that way. And if he starts to produce as a sub, then you could arguably give him a nod at the nine or or at, even at the 10 if Musiala is scuffling. Either way, it's going to be difficult. There are no great options. Would my starting 11 have a chance to win at the Euros next summer? I want you to tell me in the comments. Personally, I don't think they would. And and that's with me saying that's the 11 I think Flick is going to go with. I, I mean, if you're asking me what I would go with, the situation probably would look very, very similar. I would look very hard at Sané over Havertz in that spot. I would think about where Leon Goretzka is going to be physically a year from now and where Ilkay Gundogan is going to be physically 
there are no guarantees that Gundogan is going to be a regular at FC Barcelona. He might, but there's a good chance that you know he'll sit more than he probably is used to. I don't know how that will affect his status with the internet with the national team. And, and you know, for good reason. Gundogan's a great player, and I I think he can do a lot. But those would be the two two areas that I would keep my eye on: one wing spot, one central midfield spot. The outside backs are a crapshoot. I talk about Klausterman because I think he's got the defensive discipline that Flick would like out of that role. He doesn't offer a ton going forward, but I, I don't know that Flick's looking for that. I think Flick wants to lock down the back line. He knows he can't play that same aggressive style that he had at Bayern Munich. So I think that Klausterman would be his guy there. But, you know... There are a lot of talented right backs. I didn't say a lot of good right backs, but a lot of talented ones uh, that are out there for Germany. And, and Flick could find something that works. He could look at Jonas Hoffman again. We had seen him kind of toy around with that idea. It's a very difficult position, and I'm sure you all have opinions. So please drop your 11s in the comments. I want to see them. Let me know how stupid I am for the 11 that I put together. And remember, I use the supposition that I'm trying to put it together, knowing who Flick likes, what Flick wants, and how that will all work. I didn't just go straight my own opinion, uh, because obviously that would involve some kind of international transfer where Erling Haaland becomes a German citizen. I know it's not possible, but that's pretty much how I would try and handle it. I would, you know, you know listen, is FIFA against taking bribes? Probably not. So maybe give it a run, have them change that rule. But that's what I would do. So let me know what you think on that. Uh, as always, I'm very interested to hear it. When we shift our focus back to Bayern Munich, <laughs> I don't even, I mean, I look at some of the things I see, and to me, it's all a little nuts. I mean, we sat here for months and we talked about Harry Kane and the million reasons why this was a pipe dream. And even when we get the confirmation where that that Harry Kane will not be moving to Bayern, that he he doesn't want to make the move abroad, even with all that knowledge that seemed legitimate, and and listen, all these reports, you know, they come, who knows where they come from, but for the most part, I tend to to give them some stock. I put some stock in them. And when we talk about the one with Harry Kane, I believed that Bayern had interest. Who wouldn't have interest? But I also believe that 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 Byron made the attempt and, and Harry Kane's entourage shot shot the attempt down. Now we're seeing that Bayern Munich still might have some interest and that Kane is still considered their top target. And for the life of me, I cannot understand if this is legitimate, what is going on? Do Karl Heinz Rummenegger and Uli Honus, do they think that they're going to be able to put together a financial package that's going to be better than what Harry Kane could get in England? Or do they think they would be able to get Harry Kane off the island knowing that he is on pace to break the Premier League goal scoring record? I, I don't know what is happening. What I do know is that Harry Kane most likely has a lot of respect for Bayern Munich. But he also probably wants zero, you know, he wants zero, he has zero interest, I should say, in, in making that move. It's a difficult thing for a guy at his age. And listen, he's not old by any means, but I guess he's 29 to 30. I'm not exactly sure when his birthday is. So he's in that neighborhood. 
But to make the move now, it would be very difficult for him personally, probably socially. Professionally, he would be taking himself out of the running for that Premier League goal-scoring record. There's a lot that goes into it. And part of me right now thinks that Bayern Munich is just wasting its time. You know, there are some thoughts out there that Bayern is just throwing smoke screens out. They're using the writers that they know, leaking information to them just to make the market more confusing and maybe drum up some interest or push more money out of other clubs that might be going to pursue some of these players. It's very difficult to, to imagine that Harry Kane would change his mind and want to leave England. I do firmly believe that Byron wants him. I cannot for the life of me understand why they're wasting any time trying to make it happen. And it's, it's difficult, right? Like we all like to be dreamers. We want to see Bayern Munich get this great player and solve all of their woes at the nine. It's not going to happen. <laughs> as much as I would like to see that happen, it's not. Just like the Declan Rice saga. As fun as that would have been and as important of a role as that would have filled, there was never a shot that Declan Rice was leaving. Now we see Declan Rice is is kind of caught up in, in no man's land because Arsenal doesn't want to pay West Ham the requisite transfer fee that's being asked for. Now Man City's in the mix and they might be going after Declan Rice. That would only be fitting. It would be hilarious to see Bayern Munich tied closely into someone only to be used to, to drum up the price and then have City swoop in and actually pay it before Arsenal could really count all its nickels and dimes to make a legitimate big money bid. <sighs> That's a lot to unpack. It is. Would Harry Kane solve all of those issues at the nine? Absolutely. Kane's a fantastic player. I think that if you look at what Tuchel wants and what the club wants, you know, aside of Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland, Kane probably fits the profile better than anyone. He would assuredly be more productive than any of the other stri striker candidates out on the market. It's just not going to be attainable. And I hope that Bayern Munich fans don't get sucked in. And I know we're covering it. And, and listen, because it's news, we will be out there. We'll be writing posts on it. We will be following it. It doesn't mean any of us believe it. And for the most part, when we write our our posts, like we try not to, to have writers interject too much of an opinion unless it's obvious, because when it's a news piece, we really do want it to be about the news. So if we do have writers that have takes on something, we typically try and make it a BFW analysis at the end. So the reader knows this is, this is coming from the BFW writer and their thoughts on the situation. When it comes to the news, though, we try to write it straight. And, and even with that, though, we do have to give a lot of disclaimers because, you know, sometimes we get people that read and, and they don't understand why we're covering something or the next step of the story if we don't think it will ever happen. But it's out there and it's news and we will cover it. <laughs> I mean, we, we try and stay with these stories for the extent that they're out there. So we won't cut them short. If we think there is legitimate reporting behind it, we do tend to stick with things and see them out. I think the staffers do a really good job with that. And they do, I think they do really well at following the stories themselves so that if they have to jump in and write a post about something, they already know the back history. They know what the thoughts are at BFW. 
They know what the commenters think. They know where the, which direction things are going in. They, it's just, it takes a lot, but I think that the staff really does a good job with it. And so when they write something, they do have that background. They do have that understanding of where the situation might stand. <sighs> this summer is going to put us to the test on that. We've already had so many different stories, so many different rumors. They're all out there. We're trying to hit them all. I don't know legitimately, legitimately at this point if Bayern Munich's going to be able to go out and get what it says it wants, and that's mostly a nine and a six. There will be a nine coming in. We don't know who that's going to be. I sure as hell don't think it's going to be Harry Kane, <laughs> but it's nice to dream. As far as the six goes, the latest reports indicate that Thomas Tuchel's really pushing hard behind the scenes to get a world-class six in the door. <sighs> If Carl Heinz Rumenega and Uli Honus don't believe that the team needs a six, it's going to be hard for Thomas Tuchel to convince them that they should go out and spend nine figures to get him a good one. Uh, just like the striker market, the six market is not great. You really have to work hard to find that talent. Then you have to convince that talent to move to your club and moving to Germany is, is, is in a lot of ways, uh, off-putting for some folks because they don't want to have to have that language barrier. They don't want to have to culturally assimilate. They just want to go about their business. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, has a culture in and of itself. So it, it's not the easiest thing to go to a new country, start your adaptation process, and then not only have to figure out life in a new country, but then adapt to how the club runs things. So the whole transfer window is really poised to be wild. We'll be there covering it. I know that I'll probably be pulling my hair out by the end of it and be totally exhausted, but we will be there every step of the way. Tell me what you think. Let me know if you think Harry Kane's viable and I'm just, you know, I can't see it because I've had it mentally blocked in my head for so long, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. I really don't see it happening, but some of you were overly optimistic. Some of you are realistic uh, you might have some different thoughts that open my eyes up as to why it could happen. And I think that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, I do want to say thanks for your patience. I had to release this one a little bit later than normal just because my schedule is absolutely insane. So appreciate your patience with that one. Uh, hey, have a great weekend. You know, if you want to interact with me, you can always get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweetmeister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can all of, can get all of our wonderful podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. You should enjoy the weekend. Enjoy this craziness that will be the summer transfer window when it goes down. I know that you guys will be all over everything that's out there, and it will be a lot of fun for us to go through this, but... Hopefully it becomes a fruitful process for Bayern Munich rather than a frustrating one. So have a couple of beers on me. We'll see you next time.